Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday, September the 18th, 2020. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about kefir versus kombucha. Kind of like uh, magic versus bird, if you will. Uh, or Ali Frazier. Tyson Holyfield, you know, uh, not really, but uh, I popped in my brain, so I threw it out there. But before I jump into today's podcast, talking about is kefir or kombucha healthier, my homies over at JLab have some pretty sick deals going on right now. Again, they're the people I get my probiotics from, which is going to tie into this podcast very well. I also use them for uh, krill oil, omegas. Obviously, my protein as well. I believe right now they still have a discount code. It's JH25 for 25% off everything in the store. I can send you guys the link directly. And I believe they just emailed me this, like literally two minutes before I popped on here. Um, about 500 bottles of uh, krill oil I can give away, which is, you're talking omegas, uh, the fatty acids you need for your life. They help with, you know, lowering chronic inflammation, boosting your HDL, which is, you know, the good cholesterol, lowering the LDL, which is typically the more dangerous version of it, uh, and, and a bunch of other health benefits. The point is, I think you get a free bottle. Um, is it buy one, get one free, or is this a free bottle? I think you can claim a fr- and just get a free bottle, which is that crazy? Am I reading this right? Hold on. I'm losing my mind here. Uh, yeah, I think... The first 500 people who hit me up can get a free bottle of Omega and Krill Oil. That's pretty sick. So hit me up, you guys. Uh, Instagram, DMs, emails, probably the easiest, but wherever you reach out to me at, I can send you a link to uh, to get a free bottle of Krill Oil, which is pretty badass. So didn't even know. Anyways, that's what we got going on. But today's podcast, which my wife had found for me, um, I think she pulled this from the people at Healthline, and I believe Lauren Panoff. Uh, which she's RD, had put this together, just kind of like a little evidence-based, is kefir or kombucha healthier? Now, some of you guys who are listening and probably read the title, like, Jeremy, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I've heard of kombucha. Maybe you've heard of kefir. Maybe you haven't. I think kombucha is probably the more popular version, um, or I guess the, the buzzword people hear more often. At least that's how I think about it. Um, I probably heard of kefir in kombucha at the same time, probably from Kim Mays way back in the day when we started um, all the gluten-free stuff and like when we came out with our cookbook and all the other things that were out there. But uh, I want to dive in today to kind of go over the differences between the two, which one is, you know, I don't want to say better or worse, which one is healthier, which one you're more likely to take. And then I'll share my two cents, what we do at our house uh, and kind of tie everything together. So with that said, I did put a video out on IGTV, I believe it's also on our YouTube page, uh, talking about gut health and the various things you can do for gut health. And if you're talking immune system and gut health, they're obviously interconnected because most of your immune system lives in your gut. And during any time of life, having your immune system running on high, I think is the most you know intelligent thing a person can do because without your health, what the hell do you really have, right? So kefir and kombucha, just for the record, both are fermented beverages that have a ton of health benefits. While both drinks are in the, you know, quote-unquote fermented food category, they have several differences in terms of production, 
nutrition, flavor, and also texture. And we're going to kind of go over the differences between kefir and kombucha to help you determine which one may be the, the healthier choice for you. So I guess the broad brush version of it, kefir, the base tends to be dairy, uh, sometimes water uh, or coconut water. Uh, the one we have at our house right now, I believe, is dairy-based. Uh, kombucha, on the other hand, would typically be like uh, usually a green or kind of black tea-based. Uh, the nutrition stuff of kefir tends to be higher in calories, protein, fats, carbs, fiber, and sugar, and provides you with calcium, sodium, vitamin A, and vitamin D on average. The kombucha typically is lower in calories, doesn't provide the protein, fat, and fiber, usually. Uh, maybe higher in sugar and provides some B vitamins, C, A, zinc, copper, iron, and the manganese. Now, all great things for the immune system, by the way. Now, I will say this, not to get off topic, the kombucha that I do drink, they have added chia seeds in there. I like the GT Synergy. Uh, it's the grape flavor. They have like cherry, raspberry. They do a green algae, I think, too. And there might be another one if I'm forgetting. Oh, blackberry as well. I like the grape. I actually like the, the flavor of it. It's by far my favorite kombucha on the planet. And I do like the chia seeds in there. They're a little bit of gelatinous, but it gives it a little bit of texture. If you guys aren't used to it, it might like look creepy or it might bother you at first, but I do enjoy them because I'm a huge chia seeds fan. I think we even have a full podcast actually on chia seeds. But in terms of that version, if you're getting B vitamins, C vitamins, A, zinc, copper, iron, and the magnesium, and the chia seeds added with the omegas and the fiber, it's one of the greatest things you can put in your body. That they're not paying me any money to say that. I wish they were. Uh, it's just a product I do believe in, and uh, that's why I drink it. So that would give it the fiber. Otherwise, the normal kombuchas, if you're talking like uh, the one my wife, what does she like? The the Kavitas, the, the lemon cayenne version, they have the live probiotics in there, but there is no fiber, obviously, in there. And both kefir and the kombucha have probiotics. Um, I, th I believe it's the, the lactic acid bacteria are in both. And the benefits, obviously, the potential to be anti-inflammatory, uh, antimicrobial, antioxidant, and anti-tumor effects, uh, I believe, in both. And some of the other benefits, it may lower cholesterol, and it may stimulate, you know, obviously, your immune system. If you're talking the potential benefits of the kombucha, it may promote fat loss, it may improve uh, blood sugar control, it may protect your liver. Um, so, all awesome things so far. Now, if we're going to talk the downsides, what could the downsides be? For kefir, it can be unsuitable for people who are lactose intolerant or have like, let's say like a milk protein allergy, though there are vegan options that exist. I believe we actually have a vegan version at our house right now too, if I'm not mistaken. Also the kefirs may be higher in sugar, um, may cause a change in bowel habits, like anytime you're introducing fiber or probiotics or different you know, bacteria into your gut, and it may increase blood insulin, and I'll talk about that later in the podcast. In terms of downsides of the kombuchas can cause bloating in some people obviously it contains caffeine which i don't see an issue with but if you have a sensitivity to it or you're drinking it later in the day it could be um 
some of the kombuchas may have like higher added sugar they may contain some small amounts of alcohol as well if you guys ever notice that when you get the kombucha labels because of the fermentation process some of them will have trace amounts of alcohol in there and for some people that may be an issue and it could contain harmful bacteria as it's unpasteurized. I've never had an issue with it ever. I actually feel my best that way. I feel like my bowel movements are the smoothest, if you guys really care. Uh, but I do feel healthier that way. And I think adding it into your life on a daily basis, there is not an issue with it. I do the kombuchas, not every single day, but multiple times per week. The kefir, immediately, I don't do as much, but I have no issue with it. There is a kefir version. I believe it's the coconut-based one that GTs also makes where if I find myself feeling run down or when the world is rolling right and we're going to do international travel and I'm going to be around more people and traveling and my sleep schedule will be erratic and my diet can't be the same, I'll tend to add that in prior to getting on a flight or, or prior to taking those trips or if I am feeling run down just to give myself a little bit of a boost. I will do that also with like a stronger version of probiotics in addition to the one I take from JLab, I think Garden of Life has one too that's like 50 strands and like 200 million is the culture counter. Something like super crazy like that. Um, and I will throw that in there as well. But if we're talking how they're made, right? Both the kefir and kombucha require a starter material to undergo the fermentation, a process during which the bacteria, yeast, and the other microorganisms break down glucose molecules or sugar. However, the biggest difference is that the kefir is traditionally that milk-based, while the kombucha is the green tea or black tea-based. Now, kefir grains, which is going to sound confusing, technically aren't grains, are the primary ingredient needed to make kefir. They contain a mixture of yeast and bacteria. It's bound together with the milk proteins and complex sugars. I think those are the the polysaccharides, if I'm not mistaken. Now, these grains are added to milk, and they let them sit 18 to 24 hours uh, to ferment, if you will. And once the fermentation is complete, the kefir grains are removed from the liquid, and that can be used to make another batch. And leftover liquid is your kefir. That is how it is made. And note that there is also the water kefirs, like I mentioned before which is made using the kefir grains with either coconut water or plain water and added sugar in place of milk. And the water kefir is not as popular or as widely available as the traditional kind of milk-based ones that you probably see in most stores. If you guys, depending where you live, on the West Coast here, uh, Sprouts, obviously Whole Foods, I believe Trader Joe's, and then most of like the, even the, the, the Safeways and the fries and the bashes should have them, and they're like, organic or like health food sections typically now for the kombuchas which are i believe at every grocery store all across the, the planet i believe even like i haven't been in a walmart in in years but i assume like even a walmart has some versions of kombucha they might even make their own at th this point i have no clue but kombucha is obviously made from the tea uh, the bacteria and the sugar it's made by mixing the culture of the bacteria and the yeast with green and the black tea. That mixture sits for a period of like 10 to 14 days, through which the sugar is often added to give it a little bit of a sweeter flavor. That's why I say always be careful uh, and, and read the nutrition facts. A little bit of sugar is fine. A ton of added sugar I I don't think is necessary because then it's kind of 
I don't want to say defeating the purpose, but it, it's it's not doing your body the, the full service that it needs. If it's it's like why I like athletic greens. It's it's simple. It's basic. It's you know, is it taste like a milkshake? No, but it's it's easy. If they added 20 grams of sugar to it, would it taste way better? I'm sure it would, but then it defeats the purpose of me taking it. Does that make sense? What I'm saying, like, just be leery of, of of when you look at nutrition facts and labels. Where is the sugar? Why is it there? Where does it come from? And is it really necessary? And again, I'm not going to tell you where to draw the Mendoza line. I think the GT's version for a whole bottle has maybe 15 or 16 grams of sugar. I'm okay with that. For the benefits that it gets, 15 or 16 grams is fine for me. I have no issue with it. A banana has 30 for reference. So it's like, it's the equivalent of eating like half a banana. And I actually like the flavor of it. And again, there's live probiotics in there. Uh, the omegas are great and the chia seeds and the fiber. So bang for your buck or is the juice worth the squeeze? It is. Now, if it had 30 grams of sugar, I'm probably going to draw the line somewhere in there. If it had, honestly, if it had more than 20 grams, it probably would leer against it, but I'm okay with that 15 range for the all the benefits that come with it. Now, while the kombucha ferments, um, another like form of that kind of scoby forms at the top of the liquid, and this is like a slimy uh, kind of thick layer that can be removed, leaving the kombucha as obviously the liquid. Now, the less popular commercially um, versions of kombucha uh, some people like to combine kombucha and kefir into one beverage at home. I'm not a fan of that uh, just because the, the textures and the flavors start to get funky. For me, it's kind of like mixing oil and water. That's how I feel. Um, but it's usually done by mixing like a finished kombucha and the water kefir. So again, I'm not a fan of that. I like to do one or the other, and I tend to do more kombucha than kefir, but that is just me. Some people love the kefirs and not the kombuchas as much. It really just depends on your own personal preference. Now, if we're talking taste, texture, and flavors, the traditional kefir is obviously milk-based and has a creamy consistency. Many people consider kefir to be like a drinkable yogurt. So think of it that way. If you're listening at home and you've never tried either of them, it usually is going to come in a bottle, and uh, it will look like just a, a waterier version of yogurt, at least to me, the milk-based ones. Um, it has a sour taste, and the degree of sweetness depends on whether sugar has been added or not. You can get the ones without. You can get the ones with sugar. I would say get the ones without them and add your own stuff. Now, obviously, the kefir does come in a ton of flavors, which they're you know primarily you know fruit-based or vanilla or plain. It's probably the most popular ones you see. In comparison... Kombuchas, which is primarily made of the green or black teas, is given like a thinner consistency, kind of like the viscosity of Gatorade, if you will. And many people know kombucha by that characteristic. It's a slimy live culture that typically sinks to the bottom of the bottle when you see it. Uh, we've even used uh, like the gingerade ones that GTs make for uh, our Moscow mules. Uh, if you go on our YouTube page, we have a healthier version of a Moscow mule. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not a enemy of diet soda. You could use uh, the Zevia sodas if you want. We'll use Sprite Zero at our house or 7-Up Zero or like Diet 7-Up. All the same. I, again, in moderation, I have no issue. It's not going to kill you. We have a full podcast on why diet soda is safe. You can send me any documentation you have. I'd love to read it. Uh, and there's so many studies going the other way, unless you're consuming like something crazy like 28 cans a day, which you're being an asshole if you're doing that. So it's like, 
that's not what we're talking about here. So the point I'm driving in is the kombucha we make, we'll typically do like, a, uh, not the kombucha we make, the Moscow mules we make, we'll use the GT's like kombucha uh, kind of as the base of it for sure, which it, when you pour it out, sometimes you'll even see uh, kind of like the, the thickness disparity in the drink. And then we use the Sprite Zero and we use a little bit of Tito's and a little bit of lime and you guys are rolling. That's a healthier version to me than if you were to do ginger beer. And again, I have no issue with using, you know, three ounces of diet soda for that. I think you're going to be okay. Uh, honestly, and a side note, I think if you guys drink a diet soda a day, every single day until you died, I think you would be okay too. If you're drinking two gallons of water and you drink a diet soda and that keeps you from eating shit, I think you're going to be better off. Feel free to disagree with me, but it is my podcast and so it is my opinion. With that said, at first smell, some of the kombuchas give off more of like a, a vinegar kind of rich aroma. Uh, a lot of them have like a little bit of a bitter taste or a bite to it, and they're usually carbonated and fizzy. That's why, again, I grew up on like real soda, and I kicked that real quick. I rarely, you know, drink diet soda, but I'll have some once in a while. It's kind of like a treat for me, and I do like the bite of it. That's probably why I err towards drinking the kombuchas, because they are carbonated, and they have a little bit of that fizziness and that characteristic comes from the carbon dioxide molecules that results from like that uh, acid and the other gases that are released during the fermentation process and so again I sometimes sub that in so instead of me drinking like a Diet Coke I have a kombucha so be it Uh, the kombucha comes in a wide ranges of flavors again like I mentioned before all the fruit stuff I've seen grape I've seen cherry I've seen blackberry Uh, there's mint ones there's spice ones there's turmeric, there's ginger, you name it, uh, they probably have it. So, again, if we're talking all the nutrients in the breakdown, again, that fermentation process used to make the kefir and kombucha means that both beverages are full of probiotics. For reference point, if you guys have not listened to the other podcasts, probiotics, simple, stupid, the good bacteria found in foods and in your digestive system. They promote gut health as well as overall health. That's why I think both of these are great things to add into your diet any way that you see fit. I don't think you can ever get enough good positive bacteria in your gut because there's always going to be negative stuff floating around from the environment or different things we eat or stuff we run into. And again, I can't stress enough the importance of probiotics and gut health in your life. So the kefir and the kombucha contain slightly different amounts of good bacteria and both contain uh, I believe that lactic acid bacteria while the kombucha also has a little bit different versions of bacteria that the kefir will not have. The nutrient composition of these beverages can vary significantly depending on the ingredients used to make them such as the type of milk used in the kefir or the sugar added to the kombucha. So to give you a blanket idea. Now I can't go through every single kind and that'd be super boring and nobody cares about just straight numbers. But if we're talking like one cup of kefir made with low-fat dairy milk compared to the same serving of kombucha, your kefir is going to have per cup like 160 calories, give or take. The kombucha will have like 50. The kefir is going to have 11 grams of protein, 2 grams of fat, and 24 carbs, and about 3 grams of fiber, maybe 20 grams of sugar. While the kombucha will have zero protein, zero fats, maybe about 
11, 12 carbs, zero fiber, unless you get the ones with the added uh, chia seeds in there, and then about 11 grams of sugar. So obviously the kefir is going to be denser in proteins, carbs, fats, and calories. So overall, the kefir is going to be way more calories than a kombucha would be, cup for cup, if you will. So not real crazy, but uh, just giving you guys a reference point. Now, while the micronutrient content of kombucha is difficult to find on a nutrition label, older studies, again, have shown that it's going to contain B vitamins, C vitamins, A, zinc, copper, iron. And uh, again, these are both great things to add into your life. They're just going to give you a little bit different side of the spectrum. So again, if you guys are at the store looking, I would say always just err on the side of reading the nutrition facts on each bottle and always go by what's in the entire bottle and then look at the serving size and what you would typically consume per sitting. So meaning people will, like a bag of chips, right? Oh, it's only 160 calories, but per bag, it's, you know, 400 or 520 calories, if you will. So it's like, if you get one of those, like, and I use a bag of chips as an example. Like if you get a little bag of Doritos and it's like, oh, it's only, you know, 22 carbs, but there's four servings in a bag and you know in every, you know, sitting, you eat a whole bag. Basically, you just say that's 88 carbs to yourself, if you will. It's the same thing with the kefirs and the kombuchas. And again, these are, you know, typically not going to be the things that put you in a calorie surplus and make you gain weight and gain fat. But it's nice to just be mindful of knowing if you sit down and it says there's eight carbohydrates in here, but there's two servings per bottle and you know you're going to drink the whole bottle, then just say there's 16 carbohydrates in it. Like it's, I like to understand A, what's the overall picture and what is the serving size of it. That's where people a lot of times get into trouble and something completely unrelated. But I was looking probably like two weeks ago. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to have like my, my cheat meal or my treat meal and I'm just going in the grocery store and I'm walking on the house and I look at, you know, the cereals and I'm like, cause I haven't eaten cereal since I did eat it once during, uh, like this, the lockdown, lockdown phase. Right. So like probably in, in April, I'm like, well, Captain Crunch and Cinnamon Toast Crunch make me feel better. Uh, so we bought some and I ate it. And by the way, it was fucking amazing. Now, I didn't really look at this stuff because like I was super stressed and I was super lean, which is great because I wasn't eating a lot. And so I'd eat my normal stuff. And then like on the weekend, I'd have like a bowl of cereal. And so I was looking at the nutrition facts the other day because I'm like, oh, maybe I'll try it again. I'm like, to see like they make the little bowl containers, like I think where you just rip off the lid and then pour milk in there. I believe that's how they're supposed to be eaten. They had Frosted Flakes, Apple Jacks. Uh, what else? They're Lucky Charms. I'm like, I was going to buy like, you know, I, that's my problem because I'm a inner you know fat kid deep down at heart I can't just get one kind of cereal I got to get two or three or four and that is a dangerous game my friends it's a slippery slippery slope and I'm looking like oh this little container of frosted flakes was like 58 carbohydrates and like 40 grams of sugar and I'm like holy shit how bad is like cereal for you like how bad is breakfast cereal for you there is literally like little to no micronutrients like no nutritional value whatsoever and just pure sugar and pure made up bullshit. And uh, needless to say, I, I skipped grabbing them because I, I wanted to grab, I think, four different kinds. So Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Frosted Flakes, Apple Jacks, and I believe Lucky Charms. And even they had pops there. And even pops looked good to me. I was hungry that day. The point I'm driving at is it, it really, 
it doesn't take much effort to do the due diligence and look at overall macros, micros, and serving size of something you're going to eat and buy. And that's, you know, really what it takes for a lot of people to be healthy and to be fit. And again, I'm not saying kefirs and kombuchas is going to be the thing that drags you down, but if you're really trying to watch your sugars, if you're trying to watch your carbohydrates and you're, you're saving them for certain things, you're being mindful of them, just read the labels. That's a note for, for every food all the time. Just really be mindful of what's going on. You don't got to be crazy and track every single thing on my fitness pal and be like, you know, a macro and a micro Nazi and just like be overly crazy and do all this really insane stuff. You don't have to do that, but just be aware of what's going in the system and having a rough idea. And I think that's something that healthy people just kind of do and fit people do. And I don't obsess over it. I don't have eater's remorse. I don't do these crazy things, but I'm really just aware of what's kind of coming into the system at all times. And if I'm, you know, going overboard and crazy, I know that I can reel it in. These things are are not things that are going to drag you down. But again, if you buy one that has 30 grams of added sugar to it and you drink that, you know, seven days a week, then you can start running into a compound problem. So back on track. So again, if we're talking, you know, the benefits, the main benefits, obviously, of kefir and kombucha, like I said, is the source of probiotics and the ones that have good bacteria and promote healthy bacterial balance in your digestive tract to make sure you're a healthy and make sure things are running smoothly. Because again, nobody likes to be constipated or have diarrhea. So if we can keep things for lack of a better term, clumped together when they come out uh, the back end, I think life is a little bit easier for all of us. So obviously the kefir, there is uh, some animal studies have indicated that drinking kefir may reduce inflammation, promote healing effects, help lower high cholesterol, and modulate the immune system. Additionally, there's other animal and older test tube studies that have found that kefir has a potential uh, to be, again, antimicrobial. Am I saying that right? Antimicrobial? Microbial? Antimicrobial. I'm like a fucking third grader today. Um, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, and anti-cancer properties. So obviously kefir has been used to treat chronic constipation, as well as peptic ulcers in the stomach and intestines in Russia, which I think is great. Obviously, those are amazing benefits. If it works, again, I'm giving you studies that I've seen here, and I'm kind of reading, and these are per Healthline. I have the sources, obviously, below. Then the kombucha not only contains probiotics, but has other benefits of tea. Obviously, most of you guys know tea. I think we've talked about tea in the podcast before. Typically high in antioxidants and the compounds, you know, that fight the free radicals that obviously can lead to chronic disease, and none of us obviously wants that. Additionally, the kombucha made with green tea and black tea may have higher anti-cancer effects, promote fat loss, and improve blood sugar, but I think we probably have to do a little bit more research on that to really confirm it, but it is maybe possible, so don't quote me on that as like a a legit, legit thing that it can do. It is possible, though. Obviously, the compounds in kombucha such as the acid and the other things, again, may kill potentially harmful organisms in your body. So furthermore, kombucha may be a protective effect 
to your liver. Some animal studies have found that the kombucha has the ability to reduce liver toxicity caused by toxic chemicals. In some cases, up to 70%. Now, those studies have been done in animals, not humans, but hey, I don't think it can hurt us as far as I know. I've been drinking it for a long time. I feel great. That's not really science, but that's just me sharing my own personal, you know, individual analysis, if you will. Uh, so again, is there downsides? I guess if you're lactose intolerant in terms of kefir, but again, there is some vegan options that do exist if, if you wanted to work that way. And obviously the coconut water, the plain water versions you could uh, take if that was a thing. Short of that, um, I don't see a ton of issues unless like there's a ton of sugar in there, but that's kind of with everything. Anything that has a ton of added sugar can cause a multitude of issues. Um, if we're talking the kombuchas, is there any downside effects to that? You know, for some people, the carbon dioxide stuff that's created during the fermentation can cause bloating. Um, but for for me, honestly, and I have a sensitive stomach, I've never had a major issue with kombucha or anything going wrong for that matter. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a huge issue. Now, kombucha obviously contains caffeine from the tea, which for some people messes with their sleep, can cause if they're sensitive you know, being jittery or anxious. But at this point, if you're a grown adult, you know um, if you're cool with caffeine or not. Obviously, we know alcohol can be in kombucha, even just, you know, trace amounts. Now, the commercial ones in terms of alcohol typically are under like 0.5%, which a lot of you guys, I grew up in the Midwest, uh, the gas stations will only sell like 3-2 beer, so like the really low alcohol stuff, not the good shit. And uh, it's really hard to get get buzzed on 3-2 beer, at least for me it was. So if you're drinking like the commercial varieties of kombucha, which most of you are, uh, it's going to be under 0.5% alcohol, so it's, it's literally almost nothing. But I think for the home-based brews, the people that are doing it like in their kitchen or their bathroom, which... I'm not drinking anybody's homemade brew kombucha. That sounds like some Breaking Bad shit. Uh, that could be as high as maybe 3%, which is still under the, the cheap 3-2 beer. So what with that said, experts, I think, recommend, you know, pregnant or, or, or women who are breastfeeding probably avoid alcohol. So I think some doctors, depending on who your OBGYN is or who your primary is, They'll say maybe, you know, skip the, the kombucha if you are pregnant or breastfeeding. Don't quote me on that. I have heard it from women in our facility before. Some of their doctors say it's cool. Some of them say don't do it at all because obviously alcohol can transfer to breast milk and thus infants, uh, if they're nourished within a couple hours, their mom's consuming it, you know, could metabolize it. And obviously it's much slower than adults and, you know, getting your baby shit faced is probably not the best idea. Again, I'm not a doctor, but I'm just guessing here. Uh, so other than that, I think they're both great. You know, so the bottom line is I think, you know, kefir and kombucha are amazing probiotic rich beverages. And, you know, while they do have a similar fermentation process, you know, they're not exactly the same. And again, anytime you're getting good bacteria in your gut, I think is ideal for gut health. And obviously they have antioxidant effects which are also amazing. Uh, again, I think any downfalls you get from them are minimal at best. And I think both, you know, kefir and kombucha are healthy options and they offer tons of benefits. And uh, they're both similar. So with that said, 
Um, I think it's a good idea when you guys go somewhere, do some some test runs, do trial and error, see which ones uh, have ingredients that agree with your body, flavors that you like. Read the nutrition facts panel when you're deciding which one is going to be best for you. And feel free to message me and say, hey, Jeremy, which ones do you personally use? But again, I think we have a video currently right now on our IGTV, probably like, you know, four or five videos back and our YouTube where you can go in and, and kind of get the full breakdown. Like I said, I know the Kavita uh, brand makes a ton of stuff. My wife tends to do the lemon cayenne pepper one, which does have a lot of bite to it and it's a little spicy. Uh, that's probably the only one I do like. There's a couple other flavors, but I, I typically just kind of bowl in the single lane. And then the GT stuff, you know, the ginger aid kombucha we will use for, uh, like I said, our Moscow mules. I like the grape GT synergy with the chia seeds. I'll basically drink any of the ones they have with the chia seeds. I just like the grape the best. But again, I'll do the cherry, raspberry, blackberry, the green one. Probably not my favorite, but they're all good in all reality. And so just finding one you like and finding one that fits your macros and understanding that this is something that's going to add some really good things into your body and into your life would be be an awesome idea. I just think a lot of us spend, you know, so much time and so much money on things that are not healthy for us when we could be throwing things like this into their life. And I think usually the the Kavitas and the kombuchas that we buy, you probably like talking per drink, uh, two and a half to four bucks, give or take. I think the Kavitas are probably somewhere between two fifty and three fifty, and I think the GTs are somewhere between three and four dollars. Now, obviously, if you're going to Whole Foods, you're dropping your whole paycheck. You can get cheaper stuff at almost every other grocery store: Safeways, Fries, the Ralphs, the Bashes. If you're in the Midwest, probably the High V's. I'm assuming Walmart's have them, but I'm not totally sure. Uh, and obviously, your Sprouts and places like that. And again, I'm not bagging on Whole Foods; they they, they have a lot of great stuff. I just think for these particular items, they are overpriced. There, you can get them cheaper at other places. So. That is the difference between kefir and kombucha. And which one is healthier? I think they're both just about equally as healthy. One of them will have more proteins, carbs, fats, and probably sugars. Typically, that's the kefirs, and the kombuchas will not. But I think in terms of gut health, I don't think you can go wrong with either one. For me personally, the kombuchas on a regular basis is the easier option and makes more sense to throw into my daily life. So... Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. It's as sexy as I could make that talk, but I know it is something that is important, especially now when hopefully, you know, the season of life that we have all lived through and are currently living in, you start to really understand that your health needs to be a priority. You see people who struggle, you know, when they get sick. You see people who struggle when they come across viruses. You see people who struggle when they have an impaired immune system, when their body is run down. They're more susceptible to getting sick. They're, it's going to take them longer to fight off things. And that's why I say, without your health, what the fuck do you really have? I mean, when you are sick, when you have diarrhea, uh, when you have food poisoning, when you have the flu, when you have a bad sinus infection, when you have a broken leg or arm, all you're doing is wishing to be healthy. You're just wishing to get back to quote unquote feeling normal, feeling good. And if we can do that in a preventative way, doesn't that make more sense? It's like, it's why I preach doing mobility and foam rolling so much, because why would you wait until something hurts and is so tight and so 
out of place and out of whack then to work on it and then to take care of it why not be proactive about it it's like why you go to the dentist a couple times a year you don't wait five years to go to the dentist until your fucking teeth hurt or your gums are bleeding like crazy you go twice a year you go every six months for your checkup so they can do a deep cleaning so they can look at everything so they can assess to see what's wrong I mean maybe you can be like my grandma was and be a gangster and they tell you you need a crown and you tell them fuck off for 15 years but most of us are not genetically that lucky so I would say if you can be proactive with it do that but don't just do that with your dental work don't just do that when you go to the eye doctor if it's once or twice a year don't just do that with your yearly physical be constantly doing things to put yourself in a position to be healthy and to be felt and to feel better. That's what it is. It, it, that's why I think we do a lot of things wrong, especially in America. We do medicine wrong. We, we typically don't go to the doctor till we're sick. We don't get a checkup until we think something's wrong. We, we put it off. We delay it. I'm like, obviously, it's coming, I'm coming from a health and fitness person, but why would you wait until you have a serious problem with your gut and like, you know, stomach ulcers and digestive issues, then to start eating right and throwing in kombuchas and kefirs and taking probiotics and, and throwing in chia seeds. Why would you wait until there's an issue? Be proactive about it. You do it so there isn't an issue. That's the point. You do it to avoid the pitfalls and the stumbles and the bullshit. If you're listening to me now and you're not doing any of it, this will be the time to do it. Don't wait until there's a problem. It makes no sense to me. I would like to stay out of, you know, hospitals, you know, getting treatment because I'm sick. I would like to create the strongest immune system possible so my body can fight things off. So I don't have, you know, serious issues. So if things do come my way, God willing, hopefully I just, you know, my T cells, my immune system kick the living shit out of them. But that only happens if you're strong and you're feeding your body the things it needs to be its strongest. And if we know our immune system is tied to gut health, these are things that can help it. So hopefully that made sense. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. If you have questions on kefir, kombucha, or probiotics, please hit me up. And again, I think right now my homies at JLab are having a store-wide sale. I can send you the link directly and uh, give you the discount code for 25% off all the probiotics or the proteins. And if I'm reading this right, I believe right now these guys are giving away literally a free bottle of their omega icon they're giving you a free bottle of crow oil and i think all you have to do is pay the shipping i thought it was buy one get one free but literally it says the next 500 people jeremy you send this to um maybe it is buy one get one free i don't know uh, i'll figure it out either way i'm going to send you guys a link if it's buy one get one free it's still a great deal um you buy one bottle of omega icon and you get one bottle for free I think that's a pretty smoking deal. If it's a free bottle or it's buy one, get one free, I'm going to figure it out. Um, again, obviously it's Friday. I have coffee brain. I'm losing my mind. I'm only surviving by the caffeine here. But uh, I'm going to try to hook you guys up. So either way, I'm going to put it out in the newsletter probably tomorrow. Whatever the deal is, I'll throw it up in my Instagram stories as well. And you guys can always message me, and I'm happy to hook you up either way. So anytime you guys I find a discount or a deal or these guys are willing to do things, I ask them. I'm happy to share it with you. Um, kind of my gift for listening and again i would not share stuff if i didn't think it was important or vital and if i didn't take it myself because that's just not how i roll so i'm happy to hook you guys up anytime possible if there's anything else you have questions on supplements any of this stuff please just ask because um, we're all trying to be healthy and happy together and that's really what this life is about doing fun shit 
um, and being healthy in the process. So thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you. If you happen to be on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Go to your podcast app and scroll your finger all the way down. Drop me a five-star. Leave a couple comments. I truly would appreciate it. It means the world to me. And share this with a friend or family member who you know needs to eat a little bit better or maybe needs to be a little bit healthier and wants to be more educated on anything, uh, kombucha and kefir specifically. And again, if you guys want a discount code or hook up on anything that we endorse or any people that we work with, I'm happy to help you how I can. So thank you guys for watching on YouTube as well. We appreciate it. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love, people you enjoy, because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.